When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Mike, joined alongside by Jason, as always, and we have a great show for you this week. Now the Stanley Cup Finals is over. There's a lot of news and rumors circulating with the NHL draft, with free agency looming just roughly a week and a half, two weeks away. So there's a lot of stuff and rumors to get to, but uh, Jason, let's talk about the Stanley Cup first. Um, we haven't talked about it since last week with Jimmy Murphy, but that was when Game 6 was, and uh, obviously we hadn't, we haven't talked about it since Game 6, and Pittsburgh came out in Game 6. And won the Stanley Cup. And I figured the Sharks would take it to seven. Obviously, I was wrong. And I just think Pittsburgh just came out and dominated that series. I think they were the more aggressive team. They seemed like they wanted it more. Uh, They were blocking shots. They were playing defense. They were scoring timely goals. It just seemed like everything the Sharks did just didn't work. Pittsburgh came to play. And you know what? I I I tip my hat to Pittsburgh. I never see Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh as a type of team to grind it out and grind out victories and, you know, push the play, push the pace. You know, earlier on this year, the Pittsburgh was struggling. They came in hot after, you know, a, a really good march. And then, you know, they had Marc-Andre Fleury, their number one goaltender on the bench for Matt Murray. They lost Trevor Daly, a defenseman. You know, Malkin was battling injury and came back during the playoffs. It just seemed Pittsburgh found their groove and they brought them all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, you know what? You have to wonder if if it wasn't for Matt Murray being put in net, if the Pittsburgh would have made it that far to the playoffs, and if the goaltending change really made a huge difference, that Murray being that calming influence for the team, and the team played well around him. I thought I'd give Pittsburgh credit when it's due. Pittsburgh played great. They played unbelievable. I tip my hat to them for sure. I mean, good for them to come out there and... They were the underdogs. They had something to prove. And, you know, with Matt Murray being the goaltender, what a great job, and congrats to them. Absolutely congrats to them. Um, the one thing I have, I have a complaint with is Sidney Crosby went on the con Smythe. I thought it should have went to Phil Kessel or Chris Letang. Chris Letang was playing 30 minutes a night. 30 minutes. He was playing half the game, every game in the in the Zeneca Finals. <laughs> I thought Phil Kessel had the most points. I thought he was the most dominant forward that Pittsburgh had. And I get it, Crosby played well. He did. I'm not saying he didn't play well, but he wasn't producing. You know, what is he, what is he winning the Collins money for? For playing solid defensively? For winning face-offs? I'm sorry, I don't, I don't believe in that logic. I think Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, or even Matt Murray deserves it over Sidney Crosby. And I feel like the writers, the hockey writers that vote on it just gave it to Crosby because Crosby is a great player. They wanted Crosby to have a Collins Smythe because when Pittsburgh won the Cup last time, Malkin won the Collins Smythe. And I feel like for Crosby to be considered one of the great players of all time, 
Crosby needs to win a con Smythe, and I feel like that's the only reason that Crosby won a con Smythe. You know, I agree. I think Phil Kessel and Matt Murray deserved it more. Um, I didn't have a chance to watch the entire series, and yes, I know everybody's going to give Sidney Crosby the con Smythe because of his name alone. Is it? And that, that, to me, is how it seems. I thought Phil Kessel deserved it. Phil Kessel stepped up the entire playoffs, and he really made a name for himself. And that's the difference between Phil Kessel and Joe Thornton. It is, and it's tough for the Sharks now because you look at it and you're like, they were known as a notorious choking team. They got to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I'm not going to say they choked in the Finals because Pittsburgh played unbelievable, like we just said. They wanted it more. It seemed like Pittsburgh had the advantage with speed. They had the advantage with Firepower on offense. It just seemed like Pittsburgh had their way with San Jose. But it's another lost opportunity for Joe Thornton. And he's not getting any younger. He's getting up no. he's getting up there in age. And I'm just I don't think that Joe Thornton's ever gonna win a cup now. I think this was his best chance and he, he and he didn't blow it, but it didn't he didn't get it done. Correct. And I'm gonna be honest and say this. I do not think San Jose choked. I do not think that at all. I do not think that at all. I just think Pittsburgh played better. Pittsburgh wanted it more. And, you know, for San Jose to have that cup experience is great. The, 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 Joe Thornton's time is dwindling. I give him a year or two if the Sharks can come back next year or the year later. But I don't see – I'm with you. I have a hard time seeing Joe Thornton having a chance at winning a cup. Because it's hard as hell to get to back-to-back Stanley Cups. It's really hard. It's, it's impossible. Like, I don't see them getting back next year, but possibly the year Especially later. Especially with how good the Western Conference is. You know, you have you still have all the, the, the you still have Chicago, you still have L.A., you still have Anaheim. You know, St. Louis is still there. You, Dallas is getting better. Nashville is getting better. There's a lot of good teams in the West. No one even picked the San Jose Sharks to come out of the Western Conference. That's how good the Western Conference was. Mike, I mean, you can cross off Pittsburgh and San Jose for next year, making it to the Cup. It just you don't you don't see that happen anymore. It's just, yeah, it just doesn't really happen in the NHL. Usually, like like when the uh, when the Bruins played Chicago in 2013. You know, the next year, it was L.A. and the New York Rangers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how that works. But, you know, I give it that two-year period where you see teams like L.A. that come in every other year. And I, I, mean, I just feel like someone in the East is going to be able to take, take out Pittsburgh, too. Because, I mean, can Matt Murray, you know, repeat the same things he was doing? Can Pittsburgh's, you know, defense hold up? It's just a lot, there's a lot of question marks. And obviously, there's a whole offseason to... See who makes the moves here and there, but I just don't like. I said I don't really see them getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals. No, I it's dwindling. I have hope that they will that they'll pull off a Cinderella story like they did again. But you know, Marvel is getting older. They they might not do it under Joe Thornton being there, but you could see that I could see the Sharks with like Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle, which I think losing Hurdle made a difference. It did, yeah. They lost, him, they lost him after game two, and, he, and the, you know, the coach of the Sharks, Peter DeBoer, kept saying he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day. But there were reports sw- swirling around that he was going to miss the entire Stanley Cup Finals, and I think that was a big blow. But I also think Thornton and, and Pavelski didn't play well. They didn't really have any points. Pavelski's only goal was an empty net goal. I mean, you need your big guys to step up, and they just didn't. No, exactly, which is why I could see the Sharks coming back, like, Three or four years down the road, but by then Joe Thornton will be long gone. Yeah, it's it's just Joe. I don't think Joe Thornton's ever going to win a cup now. As as unfortunate as to say, you know, he's been one of the great players. He's been known as a choke artist his entire career. So known as not a leader. He got his captaincy stripped from him in San Jose. He got traded from the Bruins because the Bruins didn't believe he was 
a leader. And it's just unfortunate for Joe Thornton because he is a great guy. He is a good player. And the for Bruins fans, you know, I know a lot of Bruins fans were rooting for Joe Thornton over Phil Kessel. But Phil Kessel got the Stanley Cup. And there's one interesting thing I want to bring up with Phil Kessel with the Stanley Cup is... I wonder if you and I are thinking quietly the same way about Phil Kessel. So I want to hear your point and see if, if, see if we're thinking the same way. I'm happy for Phil Kessel. I thought he proved himself this postseason. And, you know, the Bruins got rid of him. For rightfully so, I'm not saying the Bruins didn't deserve to get rid of them. They got he got rid of them. The Bruins got a really good return for him, and then he got sent to Toronto. And I think a lot of the problems in Toronto were placed on Phil Kessel, and I don't think that was fair because I don't think one player deserves all the blame in one city. And obviously, Toronto is a crazy hockey market. They they're dying for you know a playoff run or Stanley Cup run, and rightfully so. Every team wants that when you're an NHL. Fan. But I just think that he there was too much pressure on him in Toronto, so he, he goes to Pittsburgh, he wins a cup, and I'm just curious if he's going to bring the Stanley Cup to Toronto. because of- See, I, th- I thought you and I were thinking on the same page, because I was thinking that when he got traded to Toronto, he was automatically put up as the face of the franchise at that point, which is a load of pressure on any player, but for Toronto, it's even worse, and he was not a good fit in Toronto the way that he was being used. Pittsburgh viewed Pittsburgh utilized Phil Kessel's skill in the right way. And Phil Kessel's matured over the time he's been in the NHL the last ten years. He's Phil Kessel's gonna be in Pittsburgh the rest of his career the way he's going. Uh he seems like he's happy in Pittsburgh and I feel like, you know, Toronto made Phil Kessel the fate of the franchise. And yes, otherwise Bruins fans would love to hate on Phil Kessel. You gotta give the guy credit when it's due. Yeah, he he had pretty much a point per game in the playoffs. I don't know how you can say he played bad, you know. He, he's been a he play- didn't. He played great. Yeah, he's been a point per game in the playoff guy his whole career, pretty much. And yes, as much as you know, sometimes he doesn't play defense or he slacks off, it doesn't matter. Phil Kessel is a Stanley Cup champion, and you cannot take that away from him. And I just wonder if he's going to take the cup to Toronto and, you know, kind of like rub it in their faces a little bit, you know? Like, you guys traded me. You didn't believe in me. You put too much pressure on me. And now look at me. The year after you traded me, I'm a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, I'm sure those world that World Cup roster wants Phil Kessel on its roster now. Yeah, no kidding. And that's another thing that we talked about. Where I even when it happened, I said, "How are you going to leave Phil Kessel off the roster?" You're telling me he's not one of the 25 best Americans, and you're, you're telling me that his his reputation, which isn't that bad, he's, you're going to leave him off the roster for it because I think they left him off the roster for his reputation. Yeah, but I understand that. But he was in the Olympics last time, and those he was on the line with JBR and Pavelski, and I thought it was the best American line in the tournament. No, I agree, and I think that's why, you know, the Team USA gypped Phil Kessel. They did, that. and then yeah, they really did. And um, so congratulations, Pittsburgh Penguins. They are the 2016 Stanley Cup champions, and now it is on to the 2017 season. And before we get into, you know, all the rumors and stuff, I just wanted to touch on this quickly, Jason. This past week, it was the five-year anniversary for the Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup Finals in Vancouver. And what a moment it was for all Bruins fans. I mean, beating Vancouver in Game 7 in Vancouver. I remember the city of Boston was going crazy. I mean, that was probably one of the most electric times to be in Boston. And that whole playoff run was just unbelievable. And I just wanted to touch touch on that quickly, too. As, as You know, it was five years ago today, and it was what a moment it was. You know, I remember a lot of those moments from the Stanley Cup. And I was going through the highlights the other day. You know, the Brad, uh, Brad Marchand made a name for himself that year. I mean... 
He was still young. He was still the past that he was. But what a name did he make for himself with those battles he had with Burroughs and Tim Thomas with Alex Burroughs. And how Alex Burroughs was one of those hated figures in that cup. And then you look at what Aaron Rome did and him being suspended with Nathan Horton. And it all came together for the Bruins. And it's sad to see what's happened to the Bruins since. It is really sad to see what happened to the Bruins since because I feel like they were just, you know, winning a cup. They had Sagan just drafted. They had another top ten pick coming on the way. Their core they had leadership was in Mark Recchi. Yeah, no, Mark Recchi retired. He said he was going to retire after that season no matter what. But they still had that leadership. Even though he retired, they still had that leadership for that cup, which was much because I do not think they would have oh, won yeah, that cup. The, yeah, for the cup, they had that leadership. I'm saying for the next year, it seemed like, Everything was going right in place. Like, Mark Harkin retired, but you had someone stepping right in for him. You know, you had Tim Thomas, and you had Tukarask right behind him. You had Sean Thornton, who was an emotional leader. You had Johnny Boychuk. You had Andrew Ferentz, who were all emotional leaders. And Yeah, you just seemed to have everything in place to, you know, in the future to to keep sustaining this. And then, obviously, they went back to the Cup in 2013. But, you know, how times have fallen since then. And now the Bruins have missed the playoffs in two straight years. We don't know what direction this team is going in, and it's tough to be a Bruins fan now five years down the road. You know, you didn't see this coming. You thought the Bruins were going to be competing for the next few years. You know, they had a franchise piece in Sagan. They had they just drafted Dougie Hamilton. You had two grass replacing, you know, Tim Thomas. It just seemed like everything was put in place for the Bruins, and management screwed it up, and now here we are today. Wondering and, what and Mike, are gonna... you, you, just, you just hit the nail on the head because you just said, made the comment, we don't know which direction the Bruins are headed. And I think, and this is why I still, I'm going to go back to it. After talking to Jimmy Murphy, I think I know which direction his team is headed. It's not a good one, but I think I know which direction it's headed. I mean, do you, and I don't feel comfortable with that, where the way this team's, where this team's going. I don't. No, it's, it's not. Oh, I agree with that completely. But, you know, that's that was a benefit of having Jimmy Murphy on last week and how the insight that he gave us. And I'm still in awe over that interview because, you know, we, we have that. We can we we can change our insights ourselves a little bit from what Jimmy Murphy gave us. And it's not a good direction. It doesn't seem like it's a great direction. It seems like management, the ownership is trying is focused on just getting to the playoffs. And it's going to be a long few years until ownership changes. Yeah, I mean, I don't think ownership is ever going to change. I think the the problem with the Bruins is Dallas Sweeney can't do the plan he had. And also, all the moves he made last year, I don't think, have worked out. And Jimmy Murphy talked about this, too. You know, Don, is Don Sweeney going to have – Don Sweeney has a plan, but is that plan going to be rushed now because he has pressure to make the playoffs? Because they do have pressure to make the playoffs. They missed the playoffs the past two but years. And the, 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 Mur- Murphy said this, too. What does Don Sweeney care? Sweeney's just doing what he can because he'll probably use this job to catapult himself to another job. Yeah, he probably will, but, you know, he's, he's going to be facing pressure. I mean, he, he grew up playing in Boston. I'm sure he doesn't want to get fired right away from his second year in from the, from the job he just got. So, I mean, there's still pressure on him. Oh, uh, absolutely still pressure. I agree with that completely, but I, you kind of feel like, you know, ownership setting this team up to fail. And I just think they're going to look at it as, oh, we were we were one point away from the playoffs instead of looking at the fact, like Jimmy Murphy said, that this team is not that good. And, and that's why it's very insightful when we had Jimmy Murphy on. I'm hoping to get him on again sometime soon. I have a, he, just, he gave us that insight that we needed. It's just crazy how times have changed in Boston, around the Boston, around the Boston Bruins, and the focus of this team 
where no one feels comfortable with this team anymore. No one knows what, what direction this team's going. Everyone's, you know, bashing the coach, bashing the management, bashing the players. It's just five years ago today when they were in the cup, it just seems crazy. Not today, but five years ago this week. Not today, yeah, but five years ago. It just seems craziness that the Bruins won a cup five years ago. And just baffling. I, I don't know what this team is doing. You know, they just re-signed Kevin Miller. But there are reports out there, Jason, that Dennis Seidenberg is being actively shopped and or could be bought out. And to be honest, this has to be done. Dennis Seidenberg has lost his step. I don't – you have to bring in someone else. I, and this, yeah. I'm not saying there's a ton of great players out there in free agency for defensemen, but, you know, Dennis Seidenberg has lost it. He has been playing for this team for quite some time now. You know, he's been the number two defenseman behind Chara. He's been a warrior. I understand that. You know, he, he, just got, he just got hurt knee surgery. He hurt his back. I just can't see Dennis Steinberg becoming a solid player again. He's getting up there in age. He has two years left. And I just think Dennis Steinberg's contract is too much for the Bruins to handle right now. You have to get him off the team and get someone younger and that can play more. And I just think Steinberg's toast. He's done. Mike, can I build off this? Because this might lead to a little bit of a longer discussion, but I think it's time to really, you know, give. I want to give another piece of news that's going to relate to Dennis Seidenberg in a big way because it's going to relate to the no-movement clauses in the NHL. This week, the NHL announced that they're adding Las Vegas as an expansion team. And this is news for not just Bruins, but every team in the NHL because you have a lot of these players with those new no-movement clauses that you want to try to get rid of. Because of the fact that those are the players that you have to save in those first eight spots. Yeah, but that's, is that guaranteed, though? That's from what I've heard that it's guaranteed that Las Vegas is getting Yeah, I heard it. they didn't have the expansion stuff ready yet and how they were going to do the rosters. They were like, they're definitely expanding, but they didn't have like a set-in-stone plan yet for how the rosters are going to be protected. And okay, stuff like I, that. I, I haven't heard that. You might I haven't heard all that news. You might be, you're probably right about that. I'm not going to argue that point. But just in case if it's the plan that we've heard, uh, yeah, no moving clauses, it will affect the Bruins if that becomes final. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the, and Dennis Steinberg will be protected on this team and the team, other team can't take him. So it just, you look at it and you say, you got to find a way to, to get rid of him now. You got to get a find a way to get rid of a few of these no movement clauses now. It's a, otherwise, it affects the team going into next year. David Krejci being one of them. As much as I like David Krejci, I think David Krejci is one of those players who is going to have to go at some point too because of his health. Char too. I mean, there's a bunch of other. There's a few other players on this team that you could save over the players that have the no movement clauses at the moment. That's just my that, that's my point. If that if it plays out the way that we think it could play out. Yeah, and I just think the Bruins. I just, I just think Sweeney, do it at the draft, Don. Trade him for like a fifth round pick. I don't care. Just get Don Sweeney. I mean, no, no, don't get Don Sweeney. Get Dennis Steinberg off this team. Bring in someone and also and also you know that you can teach and groom into a better defenseman. Dennis Steinberg is 34, 35 years old. He's not getting any better. I'm sorry. You've he's got not, you've got injury, Brandon Carlo getting ready to come up. Yeah, and he's injury prone. Trade Steinberg or get rid of Steinberg and let Brandon Car- give Brandon Carlo a shot. You know, what do they have to lose? You have a young player who's going to have to learn at some point. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they're going to play the young defenseman. I mean, he just signed his first pro contract. He hasn't really played in the minors yet. I don't think they're going to rush the kid. But I'm not uh, saying they'll rush him up for the start of the season. But, I, but no, sure, they, they should sure sign one. Experience. Sign something. Sign a dip defenseman. You can but find here's, here's my point with that because he's starting to happen with Pasternak. If he's playing well in Providence, they'll bring him up midseason. Yeah, they'll bring him up. But I don't know. You can sign a – you know, a depth defenseman to replace Dennis Steinberg for 
I mean, there you have it. And Kevin Miller. Yeah, just put Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid can, can make up for Dennis Seidenberg playing on the bottom pair. I mean, Dennis Seidenberg oh, no, is I not agree a top with that So, I mean, you get rid of Dennis Seidenberg. You go, you shoot for the fences and try and get, you know, a few top four defensemen and a number one defenseman. If you get rid of Seidenberg, though, I'm all for it. He's over. It's toast for him. I, I can't see him becoming the elite defenseman he was when the Bruins were making cup runs. It's not happening anymore. But my question is, and we're going to talk about this as we go, too, are there going to be any top four defensemen on the market or anything? Because you're watching these teams in the NHL, like Sammy Vaughn and we were talking about last week. He just got signed. Jacob True by the Winnipeg trying to sign. Tyson Berry is now off because Colorado wants to keep him. Are there going to be any of those players out, and will this plan work for Don Sweeney? And it doesn't sound like it's going to. Yeah, well, so yeah. there's going to have to be an alternative. And they're not going to really. They're, they're going to be strapped. They're not going to have much of a choice. Well, he has to get aggressive. He has to get aggressive and get creative and find something there. But the last piece of Bruins I don't want to touch on quickly before we get to the other stuff is that Louis Erickson is reportedly waiting for the Bruins to offer him another contract extension. And I say, I was just going to bring that up. And I say, you know what, Don Sweeney, keep him waiting. I don't care about Louis Erickson. I don't. We don't know. Why are you going to sign him? You know, Jimmy Murphy said last week it was a colossal mistake for the Bruins to keep him. You know, there were reports that they could have Shattenkirk. There were reports you could have, you know, gotten some draft picks for him. I mean, I just don't see how you can keep Louis Erickson. You've missed the playoffs with Louis Erickson the past two years. I'm sorry. You signed Louis Erickson. He makes your team a little bit better. Not much better. He's not a difference maker. You know, he's going to score 25 goals. And, you know, I'm sure he'll, you know, get his points and he'll be fine. But I'm sorry. Louis Erickson is not a difference maker. He's a he doesn't belong on this team anymore. You don't want to overextend yourself for Louis Erickson. You know, he doesn't do anything great. He does not do anything special. He's not a player you look at and say he's a must-have on your team. He's not a Patrice Bergeron. I would even say he's not even Brad Marchand. So you can get rid of, you can get by without Louis Erickson. Let him go. Let another team overpay him and extend him. I don't care where he goes. You're not gonna get. Don't let him go. Trade his contract rights. Get next to nothing out of it like you did with Carl Soderberg. You're not gonna get. Any, you're not gonna get. I mean, if you get Louis, Erickson, like if Louis Erickson goes to another team in the Eastern Conference, you're not going to look at it and say, "Oh, Louis Erickson's going to kill us today." I'm sorry. You're going to look at it, shrug your shoulders. I like to see the Bruins trading for any kind of draft pick they can get at this point, just for the sake of getting something out of it. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. So, Don Sweeney, keep him waiting. Our trade is rights. Don't make us deal with the signing of Louis Erickson because I think if you sign Louis Erickson, the whole city of Boston might put their head through a window. Well, I think the whole city of Boston is pointing their head through the window anyway. Not, not like it's going to be different. That's definitely true, but it would be, I think, the whole body would go out the window if he signs Louis Erickson. Cause, <laughs> cause I'm, jumping off, I'm jumping off the Sagamore Bridge if that happens. Yeah, like, no one, no, no one wants this team to suck. That's why the Bruins fans are so passionate and they're so great, because everyone wants this team to succeed. But I feel like Boston is a pretty good um, hockey place to generalize talent and know what this team needs. And obviously, this team needs defense, and Louis Erickson is not a defenseman. And he's 31 years old with concussion problems. And he had 30 goals once in his Bruins tenure. I'm sorry, you can't overextend yourself for Louis Erickson. No, not when you're trying to sign Brad Martian, who they're probably inevitably going to resign. They're trying to get back Tory Krug. So, we'll see. The draft's coming up. We'll see if Sweeney makes some moves in the draft. Uh, I want to touch on the draft just quickly here. Yeah, isn't the draft next week? This Friday. This Friday and Saturday is the NHL draft, and this is where moves go down. I mean, Sweeney made some moves last year. He traded Lucic. He traded Hamilton. A few years back, you know, Vancouver traded Corey Snyder to the Devils. 
there's some always there's always some action around the trade. I mean, around the draft. You know, the Bruins have two first round picks. I'm wondering if they're gonna try and package them for a defenseman or what's going on here. But the NHL draft is always an exciting time for NHL. Yeah, they should package a 29 pick with something and do something like that. Yeah, I just you can package that 29, but I just don't know what you're gonna get for that. I mean, you have to hope some team you know wants it, and you have to hope that you can get something in return for it. You know. I would say, like, you and I have talked about this team for quite some time. Now, no, no one should be off limits. No one. So, except maybe Bergeron. Everyone else is, you know, sorry. You're out, You're on the books. So, Don Tweeney got to get creative here, make some moves. There's also been some, you know, mock drafts. They have the Bruins taking, you know, Charlie McAvoy from BU with the first with the 14th overall pick. But, you know, they have Dante Fabro, who's going to BU next year. Clayton Keller, who was just with the NTDP. You know, everyone seems to have different mock drafts. No one seems Did to... Did you just say Dante Fabro? Yeah. Did I mess that up? Because I remember there being a Fabro on the... Isn't there a Fabro on the St. Louis Blues? Fabry. Fabry. Okay, sorry. Uh, You're good. No, it's a, going. Yeah, it's a Fabro. Uh, he's going to be you next year. You know, there's Jake Bean, the defenseman that seems to be linked to the Bruins. I mean, every mock draft you see, it's always someone different being drafted by the Bruins there. So the NHL draft is obviously a tough one to, you know, to do... But every, all the reports I'm hearing seems to be the Bruins are focused on defense, and this is with the first overall pick, and rightfully so. The Bruins need to get better on defense. But you know, if a, if a forward falls to them that they like, and could be a difference maker for this team down the road, take it. Take the forward. You have to lose at this point. Yeah, take the best available player. The player is going to be three or four years down, away anyways. Thugger so and Mash were discussing. Let me build off this. Thugger and Mash were discussing this. You had Linus. Remember Linus Arneson? Yeah, I don't even know. Like, what the hell is he doing with his life? Like, what a bust on that pick, though. It's their first pick of the second round a few years ago. You haven't heard the name come up since. No, you haven't. So, I don't care about drafting a defenseman. Take the best-rated player possible. Last year, when you had three first-round picks, you drafted for need. You drafted, you know, a defenseman. You drafted, you know, a right-winger. You drafted for need last year. And everyone was, like, baffled if the Bruins picked those players. So, this year, you know what? Take the best player available. That's all you need to do. That's it. At this point, you got nothing to lose by. You got a bunch of players in the system coming up. You're gonna, they're getting, they're gonna have to find a way to utilize that system to their advantage. Exactly, and you don't need to draft the defenseman. You don't draft the best player available. Let him blossom in your system. Like I said, he's still two or three years away. Anyways, you tell me you can't fix your defense in two to three years, where that you have forwards coming up and your defense is all set. I mean, don't mean you gotta find a way to figure this out. I don't have any faith in him right now. I really don't. But he's going to find a way to figure it out, take the best player available. But there's definitely a lot of activity going on around the draft. And I guarantee you there will be a few trades that we that we hear about and they're finalized and you look at it and you say, oh, wow, about those trades. It happens every year. There's always something that goes down. Oh, it happens all the time, not just in the draft, just all the time period. The names that you hear come up from the rumors and then, bang, something different comes up. But the one thing I'm going to say is, you know, Jimmy Murphy and Joe Haggerty seem to be on when it comes to the moves that are being made. Yeah, they seem to be having their mojo kick in there. Seems to be pretty pretty good with all those moves coming out. And the one thing I do want to talk about quickly is I forgot to mention is actually Joe Hagney had a report that the Bruins were interested in Dmitry Kulikov from Florida. They're a defenseman there, and, you know, he's 25, 26 years old. He's a young guy. Top four defenseman. But you know what? This isn't an earth-shattering move for the Bruins. Like, you know, Kulikov was an okay defenseman. I don't think he's anything special. And if Florida's willing to trade him within the division, that clearly means Florida doesn't view him as highly either. 
So I think this is the wrong thing for the Bruins to be doing if, if they actually pull this off. It's Kulikov because teams hardly trade within the division. You know, they don't want to give one of their better players to a team within the division. They usually look to get trade him out west or something like that. And if Kulikov comes to the Bruins, I just think it's like Florida doesn't care that he's on the Bruins. See, I don't think that that's the player the Bruins will go after. I think, yes, it's a rumor that the Bruins are discussing it, but I think that they're just discussing it. I don't think they're, you know, like, throwing poop at a fan. Um, it, it, it's just discussions, seeing what they can get, seeing what names they can they can come out with, but I couldn't see them getting Kulikov. I just don't think he'd be a right fit for this team. Like, I mean, yeah, his age-wise, he's like 25, like 26, but you don't look at Kulikov and say, difference maker on defense. No, you don't. So I think if the Bruins get him, fine. I, I understand he's probably better than everything you have right now, but he's not going to change the culture of your defense. No, it won't. It, there's, it's going to take a lot to change the culture of the defense. Probably getting rid of Char being one of them. But that's not going to happen, so I'm not going to even bring that up. No, but also, like you said, so the NHL drafts this weekend, and also, as you said earlier, uh, expansion. The NHL has definitely decided to expand. They are 100% going to Las Vegas, not for next year, but the year after. It seems like 2017, 2018, Vegas will be there. And we talked about the expansion draft and how it's going to work. There's no, nothing's been finalized yet about the draft, expansion draft. Um, I, think I think the teams, we said they would find out more when the NHL draft starts. So we'll keep our eye out for that because obviously the expansion draft will have an impact on this Bruins team. And we talked about it before, there were reports that you could save seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. There are reports that you could just save seven players, whoever they are, and one goalie. You know, there's a lot of reports out there. There's, like you said earlier, there's reports that teams, players with no movement clauses cannot be taken in the expansion draft. Uh, but I think this is good for the NHL. Been to Vegas. The NHL is the first team to go to Las Vegas. They don't have any other sports there. And there's been reports that football is trying to go there. And... I think it's, it's why not? And obviously the NHL only has 30, they have 30 teams, but we talked about this before too, is how the divisions are not equal. There's 16 in the East, there's 14 in the West. So bringing in Vegas, you have 15 in the West, 16 in the East, and I think they're going to expand one more time and get another team in there, whether it's Quebec City or whether it's Seattle. And then boom, there, there you go. You have the even conferences and then even divisions, and there you go. So I think this is great for the NHL. The NHL is expanding to Vegas. And I think, why wouldn't you want to go travel to Vegas and go see, like, a Bruins play? You know what I mean? It's a great place to travel to and go watch a team play. You know, you bring up, that's a good point. And it's the first, you know, professional sport that has a team in Vegas. But you've seen this in a lot of the other, you know, smaller versions of sports. Like you saw the XFL when it started, which is, was the Extreme Football League. You do have these smaller teams that were in Vegas. And it would be great for Vegas to have the big professional sports team because it's a huge draw. It is a huge draw. Like, everyone obviously talks about traveling to Vegas anyways. And now you're telling me if you want to go in the winter, say in like uh, January, and your team's playing out there, it gives you a reason to go travel to Vegas for a few days and watch your team play and, you know, go to the casinos. And I'm sure it won't be that expensive. No, and, exactly. Unless, I'm sure. unless you're gambling your money away. That's a different story. But, I mean, to get out there and go to a, the Vegas Bruins game, I don't think it's going to be that expensive. Yeah, I mean, I'll be excited to see the Vegas play the Bruins for the first time at home. That'll be a game that I want to go to next that next year. That'll be the first game I choose to go to is Vegas versus Boston. It's just cool to have an expensive team. And hopefully it works out because obviously they've, 
they've expanded teams before, like to Atlanta. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. Carolina's kind of struggling right now. You don't know what's going to happen with them. So, NHL franchises in the past have not worked. So, hopefully, Vegas works out. But I think it's a step in the right direction for the NHL to expand to Vegas. No, it is. You know, at worst comes to worst, if Vegas doesn't work out, they'll just do what they usually do and move the team somewhere else. Yeah, like relocate it, kind of like how Winnipeg has a team now. Yes, I was thinking that specifically, like Atlanta moved to Winnipeg. So Yeah, I think it's been a great move because Winnipeg, you know, sells out pretty much every day. And it's a great hockey market. Yeah, so hopefully Vegas works out. But if it doesn't, I guarantee, like you said, they'll just relocate it. All right, we tried it. Didn't work. We'll move it to a different city like Quebec or Seattle or. I think Seattle would be a good place for a hockey market. I think it would too be out west, up north. I think, and they, I think they would develop a great rivalry with Vancouver because Vancouver is pretty close to it, and Seattle's a good sports town. You know, they ha- they have uh, a MLS team that they're passionate about. Obviously, they have the Seahawks. They have, you know, the Mar- they have Super They have the Mariners now. I mean, I think Seattle's a good market to be in. So I think if the NHL looks is and because it's out west, it's kind of chilly up there, and I just think they would. I think Seattle fans would embrace it with open arms. Oh, I absolutely think they would. I think it would be great for that city. Yeah, so hopefully the next one's Seattle, but I, I, I just think the next one's going to be Quebec City. I just don't think the NHL can not give Quebec City deny, a they, they can't deny Quebec City. That would be a mistake. Yeah, and I think I think it would cause riots if they did that. Yeah, I agree with that completely. But like you said, I, I, I've been pushing for Seattle. I think Seattle would be the best place for it. But, you know, they went to Vegas, so I'm not going to complain. Let's, let's see how Vegas does. Yeah, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Vegas struggles and they move the team from Vegas to Seattle? Yeah, that's it. Nothing crazy. I could see that happening. Definitely could see that happening. And, um, let's talk. I just want to touch on the, you know, some around the NHL news, Jason, that's been uh, getting out there. Uh, Pavel Datsuk officially announced he's going back to Russia. That is crazy. So, Pavel Datsuk's career in the NHL is over. He will not be part of the Detroit Red Wings next year. And the one thing that you have to keep an eye on is Detroit trying to trade his contract. He is making like close to $7 million, I believe, next year on his contract. If Detroit trades his contract, that means they'll have the cap space. There are reports that they're going to try and trade him to get to take a run at Steven Stamkos to kind of replace Datsuk as that center to take over the reins. And uh, Detroit seems to be pretty active right now. And I feel bad for them that Datsuk's leaving. Datsuk was a great player to watch. Great NHL career. He will probably be a Hall of Famer when his time is up. But So it's a tough blow for the NHL, tough blow for the Detroit. But wish Pavel Datsuk all the best in whatever he does in the future. I saw an update this morning, and I know that you probably were just waking up when it came up. But Detroit's kind of already said they're not going to be able to trade the contract. They're not going to be, you said? It's going to be hard to do. Is that that's what's floating around right now? Yes. Well, Chicago kind of did the same thing when they traded Bickle. And they gave up Tara Vinan with it. because So I feel like when you get – because Bickle was definitely a salary dump because Chicago wasn't playing him last year. You know, he was scratched throughout the whole – pretty much the whole season. So I feel like if Detroit wanted to give him up, they would have to give up like a piece like Tara Vinan, you know, a younger piece to to go with it. I think if they – Like a Yerko, like a Tomas Yerko or, or Polkanen or one of those kinds of players, they were to do it. But Detroit's going to have a hard time doing that with that big of a contract. Yeah, and I feel like if you package it, it would be a lot easier It would be a lot easier to trade him. I mean, look at what Florida did with um, 
Max it's going to be hard, yeah, because he definitely makes that. more, but... Yeah, but you're telling me you can't find, like, Phoenix. Phoenix wouldn't take his contract. Like, Phoenix doesn't have to pay that much of players. Carolina. But Carolina just took on Bickle. So, but now you have to be creative. Look to the teams that don't have a lot of money or, like, are kind of at the bottom of the league and don't have big salaries. No, exactly. That's why it's I think doable. that it, it's, do, it's doable, but it's going to be hard. But from what Detroit's saying, it's going to be hard to do. It's going to be hard to do. And also, uh, some stuff going on here is that, like we talked about earlier, Simi Vatanen has re-signed with the Anaheim Ducks. And Simi Vatanen has been linked to the Bruins to be a defensive replacement for whoever to upgrade the defense. Uh, another thing that we didn't even mention, I will defend is Golagowski was traded, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. His rights were traded to Phoenix for a fifth-round pick. So Golagowski said he's up for anything. But if he signs him, Phoenix has the first contract negotiating rights with them. So if Phoenix signs him, there's another defenseman off the market. As you said earlier, you have Tyson Barry. Joe Sagan pretty much said they're not trading him. You know, Winnipeg GM said they're not shopping Truba. Uh, this just seems to be limited amounts of defensemen that are going to be available for the Bruins when, you know, free agency and the draft comes along. The Bruins are going to have to get creative and... There's not what we what we as fans hope for from what we hear is not going to happen. It's time. And I'm one of those people who's accepted it long before it's happened already. I could see it the way it is. You have these young defensemen. Teams try to keep them. The only reason they don't try to keep them is if they can't work out a contract. But you just look at it and you say, "What are the Bruins going to do now? What are they going to do?" There's not much they can do. I'd be shocked. They got to pull something out that nobody expects. You got to have to pull out something that no one expects and. I don't see what I don't see it happening. I mean, I, you know, you have Keith Yandel's being talked about as the big free agent, but is Keith Yandel really going to make the Bruins defense that much better? Look, I get it. I, I haven't heard Keith Yandel's name once in the last week with him coming to Boston, even if he is a free no, agent. No, I know. So. I, I'm I'm just saying in general, he's the mo- he's going to be the number one defenseman on the market, and he's not going to do much for the team. Exactly. I mean, I think he's a good player. I would take him on the Bruins in a heartbeat. I'm just saying he's not a number one, number two defenseman that you look at and say, boom, there's our guy that's going to play 20 minutes a night in the playoffs and, and block shots and play defense and offense. I just don't see that. The issue with the Bruins is the fact that they, with the position they're in, they need to develop their players and they need to develop them the right way. It's really, that's their only hope at the moment, in my in my mind, from what I see. They need to develop their players. Yeah, they do. And then some other stuff around that. The NHL, too, is Cam Ward re-signed in Carolina for two years. That was a surprise. That's a really good surprise. I was surprise. not expecting that. I wasn't expecting that either. I don't think Cam Ward deserves that money. But you know what? He did win a cup in Carolina. Carolina probably – he's probably one of their most notable, notable players. They did, they did just trade Eric Stahl last year. So I feel like they wanted to keep Ward, keep something from their cup run that fans could gravitate towards. But, I mean, Cam Ward has lost it. I mean, I don't think that he, he's going to be anything for them. You know, the Blues re-signed Dimitri Yaskin for two years. And I think it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on the Blues because David Baggis is an unrestricted free agent. You have, um, you know, Shattenkirk pretty much being chopped around, it seems like. I think a Blues are a team to keep I have more on. news on the Blues, too, that I don't think you realize. 
What's up? Um, it's gonna be Ken Hitchcock's last year, and they had they hired another, their assistant coach. I don't remember the name. Oh, Mike Yeo, uh, the former Mike Yeo to yeah, succeed him. For, former Wild coach, so yeah, it's Hitchcock's last year. Maybe that gives the Blues more incentive to you know kind of win it for Hitchcock. You know, go out with a bang per se. But I think the Blues are a team to keep an eye on with what they what they got going on because you know and you don't see too many teams with a succession plan. No, you don't. But they have one. Which makes it interesting, and it shows that the Blues are going to be a contender for a while. I don't know about a while, but it shows that they're trying to do everything they can to compete. And yeah, no, that's that's what's going to make it interesting for sure. And another, I think this was a pretty big news too was the Los Angeles Kings stripped Dustin John, I mean Dustin Brown, of his of his captaincy, and they put it on Andre Kopitar. You you saw the San Jose Sharks do this with Joe Thornton. But the Sharks kind of struggled, and they weren't really – they were, it made the playoffs, but they didn't win the Cup. LA's won two Cups under Dustin Brown as the captain. I mean, I understand what they want to do in Kopitar, but you look at it and you kind of say, wow. As like it happened, it was kind of like a shock because you didn't see it coming. And I know Dustin Brown does have a pretty big contract for Los Angeles to deal with, but I, I understand why they're putting it on Kopitar. It's just, you know, they competed last year. They've been competing – Every year for the past, you know, four or five years, you just don't seem to understand why they would ship a captaincy from the captain that that's won two cups with you, you know, that you compete every year. It just makes me wonder if Dustin Brown's going to be on the market. Probably, but his contract's outrageous. Exactly. I mean, the contracts always play a role, but if he's on the, he's, if he's on the market, there are teams that will still take him. I'm not sure. His contract's pretty high, but I'm sure there's some team that will take him, but... L.A. will have to pay some money towards it, kind of like what the Bruins did with Lucic. The, the Bruins paid a little bit of Lucic's contract to trade him to L.A. And speaking of Milan Lucic, this rumor reports that, you know, he's trying to work out a deal with L.A., but he could hit the market. And it seems to be like the West Coast teams want him, like Vancouver. You know, there's a former – where Lucic grew up was Vancouver. Former Bruins GM Benning is the GM for Vancouver now. Edmonton's been rumored. Obviously, Peter Shirelli's up in Edmonton. So those two teams seem to be, you know, trying. All right. So, so speaking of Milan Lucic, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what goes on with Milan Lucic. Obviously, the Kings are trying to re-sign him to a contract. Lucic had, you know, a lot of success. He, had, he was a good fit. LA-style, the Bruins played a few years back. But if Lucic gets to the market, there seems to be a lot of Western Conference teams that will be kicking the tires on Lucic and trying to re-sign him. You know, you have Vancouver, where Lucic grew up. Up and you know, former Bruins assistant GM Jim Bing is the GM. So I take him support that Edmonton would look into Milan Lucic. Obviously, Peter Shirelli is the GM up there in Edmonton. Edmonton, I feel like, could use a big, big body, you know, with all those young, talented, skilled players they have at Edmonton. So I think Milan Lucic is going to be back to watch going in free agency. Yeah, I know he'll definitely be the player that they go for in free, in free agency for sure. A lot of the teams will go for him. I mean, I could see the Sharks going for a player of his toughness. I think it's gonna be fascinating to see what Lucci does. Obviously, you know he's won a cup, so like, you know he's not. I mean, obviously you want a, a situation that's good for you to compete for a Stanley Cup. But I don't think his number one goal is, you know, go for the best. And I think Lucci's gonna be fascinating as for the free agency. Absolutely, I agree completely. 
Also, you look at uh, the Calgary Flames just recently, uh, re- not re They signed a new coach, uh, Kalutin as the new coach, and at Calgary, I don't know much about him. But it'll be interesting to see how the Flames do with them because, you know, some teams changed their, you know, coaches this year, you know, Sharks, Penguins, and made the Cup. So, we'll have to see how Calgary made the playoffs two years ago, but did not, obviously, last year they were. Maybe this coach can try and help change the board looking into the flames too much because I don't think they have a goal. I think their defense are kind of weak, but that's the flames are doing it. That's where the flames are at. Also, interesting to point out here is that Jonathan Drew in withdraws his trade request. I wonder if it's because he played him uh Tampa and played in the playoffs and played well. And it seems that Tampa Bay, you know, it put him in the role that he wants to be in. So it's interesting how Jonathan Drew has withdrew his trade request. You know, um, that's that's what's going to make it very interesting. You know, we're heading in for an interesting offseason in the NHL. It's definitely going to be interesting. You know, you have the Dragons at the draft coming up. You have free agents coming up. Free agents coming up. And it seems that the cap, the, the cap situation is not ideal. Jimmy Murphy talked about it last week. Yeah, I know. He, he did. And like I said, it's... A lot of things gonna have to happen if you know for what we hope for the Bruins is that, is that they make the right moves, and you just have to wonder what's gonna happen for Boston. Yeah, and you see teams trying to trade the cap space pretty much like I said, Chicago traded Bickle. You have Datsuk trying. I mean, you have the Bruins trying to trade Datsuk. The Bruins with Seidberg. It seems like teams are trying to get cap space and give up some cap space. And you know what? I think the best thing to do moving forward for any team is to. Sign core players like the Bruins did with Bergeron, like the Child did with Taze and Kane, and just keep bringing. Yeah, they're on a player like Pittsburgh. They, you know, they had Latang, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel as their big guys and players like Sherry. They had Rust. They had Dumoulin, Murray. That's I think that's the recipe for success in the NHL nowadays. With the hard cap in the NHL, it's going to be tough for teams to maneuver around the hard cap. And if the cap goes down, it's going to be more teams, more players being moved. So, it's yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be almost impossible for teams to maneuver the cap if the cap goes down. Yeah. Big, big week this week for the Bruins and for the rest of the NHL. NHL draft starts at the end of this week. Free agency starts a lot. But, you know, we'll be back on Sunday, giving you the show next week. Hopefully the Bruins can sign for it, potentially. You have draft picks. You have draft picks. Hopefully something goes down for us to talk about next week. But NHL draft is always an exciting time for the NHL. So this is a good time to tune in. All the news, we'll give you our crazy all the news, but all the NHL news. So, good time to be an NHL fan. Now, tune into this podcast, but that'll wrap up our edition of Bruins Beat this week for CLNS Radio. Don't forget to follow myself and Jason on Twitter. We always get engaged with our, our listeners on Twitter and have the Facebook monkey. I'm at Mike Setter 22. He's at Jason Buckley 91. You can also follow our Bruins Beat Twitter account at, at Bruins Beat. 
Uh, you can also find go to clnsradio.com. You can have find all the information you want. I know I've, I've talked to a few people through Twitter that have been looking for all Bruins, I mean, all Boston sports teams podcasts. And if you go to CLNS Radio, we have a podcast for all four. You can also find us on iTunes, right? Yes, you can find us iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher. Also, you know, find us on, if you, if you find us on iTunes, please please feel free to rate us and leave a review. Uh, the reviews help the show. It helps engage and bring in listeners. If you really enjoy the show, we yes, really we appreciate will, it. And we will, and we will read, and we will read your review on on the show. We did read a review from La Joe, I believe, that gave us the review on the iTunes. So if you want to leave us a review, you know, even if you have a bad review, give us one. We don't care. We'll still read it. Yeah, we'll still read it. And you know what? It'll help us get better and help. Hopefully, you come back and listen to the show, and we improve for you. We're all about getting uh, you know fans involved in this show. We have uh, we had a great guest last week with Jimmy Murphy. We're gonna have a few few more guests coming up in the next coming weeks or so. We have Kevin Majerian. And we're gonna be bringing Kevin on full time starting next week. Next week we'll be joined by Kevin. We'll also have a few guests coming up for the next upcoming shows. I want to get you know some people to talk about the Bruins on this show. You know, I feel like in the season it's the best time I get some guests on the show so that's what we'll be doing and we'll talk to you next week. Go Bruins! Go Bruins!